Welcome to the Genuine Girl Podcast. I'm Meredith, a 22-year-old recent college graduate who's trying to navigate the post-grad world successfully adult and share my authentic experiences with you so that you feel less alone in your struggles while becoming more empowered to be yourself. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am going to make this intro super quick because if you haven't already noticed, this is a very long episode and it's probably one of the longest episodes I have ever made. Now, I'm not a huge long episode girl. I don't like sitting and listening to podcasts for hours and hours, but I barely edited anything out of this because I just loved every part of this episode. So, If that doesn't tell you something, then I'll just say it. You should definitely listen to the whole thing if you're already here. I have a great friend of mine on the podcast, Sadie. Many of you who went to the same school as me may know her. We both graduated around the same time. She is off doing amazing things in grad school, so you'll get to hear all about that, all about just her a whole way of life. I think it's so inspiring how she's made meaningful friendships, how she kind of structures her time, her priorities, her passions, her hobbies. I just think the way she views the world is so cool. She's so positive, so uplifting, so inspiring. And I left this conversation feeling just very empowered and uh, very happy to have her as a friend. So I encourage you to listen to the whole thing. Because it is so long, I'm going to skip the normal intro segments that I do. I'm not even going to give you a life update because, to be honest with you, there's not much of an update to give since last week. If you want to hear about my life, go listen to that episode. Anyway, I'm going to let us get into the episode. I hope you enjoy this conversation with me and my friend Sadie. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Genuine Girl. I'm so excited to be here today with a very special guest, my friend Sadie. Sadie and I met when we were at college together at TCU, and we've stayed in touch since graduating. And I just think everything she's doing is amazing. And I thought she really embodied the definition of a genuine girl. So I wanted to bring her on the show Thank you for being here, Sadie. I really am so excited to have you. Thank you, Meredith. I'm really excited to be here officially on the Genuine Girl podcast, which is a huge deal. Oh, well, thank you. That means a lot. Well, before we get into all of the questions I have for you, I would love if you wouldn't mind giving my audience just a little intro background on yourself, you know, where you're from where you went to school, where you're going to school, kind of what you like to do for fun, anything you want to share before we get started. Yeah, so like we said already, my name is Sadie. I am originally from Phoenix, Arizona. Shout out to Meredith. Let's go. Um, But I moved to Las Vegas, Nevada when I was five. So that's basically my hometown. Um, It's really cool. I don't live in a hotel. Um, I grew up hiking and running and just doing basically anything outside. So that's just my favorite thing to do is just be outside, whether it's walking, running, biking, picked up rollerblading recently, which is very terrifying, but super fun. Um, And then I went to TCU um, and I graduated in December of last year. And I took a little gap semester, which was really fun, did a lot of traveling. That's like the other thing that I love doing is seeing new places, trying out new coffee shops, um, 
new ice cream places and just different foods from all over the world. And now I'm an occupational therapy student at Texas Women's University in Denton. And this is a three-year program. So by May 2025, I will be a doctor of occupational therapy. And that's basically been all I've been doing since summer started. Um, Not much time for hobbies, but (laughs) I do love the classes and I love the people. And I'm really excited to continue pursuing this career. I I think that's amazing. And I would love to kind of dive into a little bit more about why you decided to pursue occupational therapy in the first place, because I don't personally know many people who are doing it, but I think it's such an admirable career and it's so cool to hear about everything you're doing. So how did you kind of get to that point where you wanted to do it? Yeah, like you said, I think a lot of people know physical therapy and then occupational therapy is kind of forgotten about and just there and they're like, what is that? Um, So I actually decided that I wanted to do occupational therapy when I was 14 years old. I had surgery for my scoliosis and I was at Children's Hospital Los Angeles, which is an amazing hospital. Definitely recommend for anyone. Um wanting or needing to get surgery or like needing to get care um and after my surgery I was leaving the hospital and I saw a woman with a little boy with a prosthetic leg and she was helping him jump over little hurdles and they were just having a really fun time of course it was a beautiful day outside because it's Los Angeles and that just seemed like the most fun thing in the world to me is like spending time with children, being able to be outside, not confined to an office space, and ultimately helping them get better physically, mentally, emotionally. And then as I've learned more about occupational therapy, I've really noticed that it's very focused on individualized care and getting to know the person, which is something that I love doing. I love talking with people and listening to their stories and That's something that I definitely did as an RA all throughout college. And so it's kind of just continuing my job as an RA, getting to know people and solving their problems, working through um, different situations with them and getting them to their happiest, healthiest self. So I think just overall, I love helping people and I love that occupational therapy is so focused on not only the physical aspects of health, but also the mental aspects of health and just like a holistic approach to health yeah wow that is such a good answer and honestly I didn't know most of that about you so this is fun (laughs) for me just as the host to learn so much about you I didn't know you had that surgery and that is such a cool way to want to get into it just observing you know something else happening and that kind of sparked something in you like oh that would be really cool Mm -hmm. and um that's great that that happened from such a young age too I mean I guess 14 I don't know if that's young or not but it's younger than I was when I figured out kind of what major I wanted to do in college so yeah um, I definitely feel like it was young and there have definitely been a lot of moments where I'm like okay is this really what I want to do or am Mm -hmm. I just like living in a childhood dream almost but every time I read in my textbook or hear about someone like getting better or 
hear from different occupational therapists what they're doing, it really has strengthened my love for the career and like my love for wanting to help people. Yeah, that's awesome. I was just about to ask you if you had ever questioned that before. So (laughs) you were reading my mind. You knew exactly where I was going. But I think that is, I mean, that's advice that could apply to anyone, no matter what career path you want to go down. I mean, I think it is hard sometimes when, you know, you see all of these other options out there and you hear from people around you and have all these voices telling you, oh, you could do this or take that path. It's hard not to compare yourself or wonder what if I did something else? What if I made the wrong choice? But I think, you know, getting back, like you said, to um, seeing what people in that field are really doing and, you know, immersing yourself in research or in books or whatever it is that you want to do to kind of look into that path to see like, hey, is this really still something I'm interested in? Is Does it energize me does it give me that passion I think that's a really good thing to do and I'm glad you've been able to kind of you know get over those little hurdles when you do question yourself so that's awesome great good for you I think (laughs) I think to speak a little bit more to what you said is I think one of the like weirdest but greatest like interactions I've ever had with someone was this guy probably in his 60s 70s and he was like have you figured out what you want to do with your life yet and I was like yeah I want to be an OT and he was like oh that's awesome well I'll let you know when I figure out what I want to do and it's just it just speaks to like the fact that you can do anything at whatever age you want to and even if you choose one path there's millions of paths and there's no like right or wrong but I think that the skills you learn along the way can be transferred into whatever job you want to do or whatever you want to do with your life it doesn't even have to be a set job yeah oh I I love that I think that's great and I hear that all the time too from people who are older and the first time I heard it it shocked me I was like wait you don't know what you want to do with your life and you've been working for however many years like oh no <laughs> like what what do I have to look forward to then and you know it, it is a little scary sometimes to think you could be that age and still not really know but it's it is also exciting and it does kind of give you a little hope and that even you know if what you're doing right now might not be your dream job or it might not be the path that you ultimately see yourself going down in the future like you said you can always learn something you can always take the skills you learn and apply it to wherever your life takes you so i i think that's a great mindset to have and definitely something that I think anyone in our age group can take away because we all have a lot of pressures on us right now and a lot of people telling us what to do and it's easy to kind of feel like we have to have it all figured out but definitely don't so I'm glad that you're keeping that mindset too because I think that's super important Um, but that kind of also leads me into my next question of just you know you are in graduate school now you recently graduated from TCU uh, a little earlier than I did. You you just were that overachiever who graduated early and (laughs) left me all alone, but it's fine. (laughs) 
but I would love to kind of know, you know, obviously you're studying something you're interested in, but how do you like being a graduate student and no longer uh, at an undergraduate institution? Like how has that transit, how has that transition been for you? And um, has it been what you've expected? Is it fun? Is it hard? All the things, tell me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So first answer when anyone asks me how grad school is I say good but then if I actually go into it it's like yes there are very great aspects like I love what I'm learning I love the smaller class size which we did have at TCU but this is just like a small class size with something that we're all pursuing so it's Mm -hmm. kind of interesting like we all want to do occupational therapy and so there's not a lot of diversity in that sense but there is a lot of diversity in the people who I'm meeting um like we're all coming from different undergraduate institutions so that's really cool um it's kind of like high school to college all over again where you're meeting people from all over and just learning about so many different aspects of their lives um yeah I think the best part for me has been my roommate who's also in the program she's just really awesome we're very similar I didn't have the best roommate in undergrad and so it was nice to have restored hope (laughs) having a good roommate yeah definitely Um, and it's definitely nice to have someone who's kind of like by my side in this like we're working through it together Mm -hmm. um I definitely think if I was going home to an empty apartment every day I would be very sad and not motivated to do my work so it definitely keeps me on top of my work when I have someone else in the same room doing the same things as me um I do miss TCU a lot I'm going to be honest like that was my favorite like TCU the whole three and a half years I'm going to say four because I was still around for the last (laughs) semester but that whole experience is probably the greatest experience I've had in my life and it is sad to be outside of that world now and just kind of be on my own again trying to make new friends and learning from different professors not seeing the same buildings I'm used to seeing and living in a different city honestly like coming coming to Fort Worth from Las Vegas I was so excited because I didn't have many friends in high school and I was ready for something new but I wish that the TCU experience had lasted longer just Mm -hmm. so that it got to a point where I was ready to leave. And I don't know if there ever is a point where you're ready to leave undergrad because it is kind of the best time of your life. Um, But that's definitely been the hardest part is just adjusting to a new place. Um, Mm -hmm. Just missing all of the things that I love about Fort Worth, like the Trinity River and the different friends that I had in the different clubs that I was involved in. And then even being an RA, like I do miss having the constant interaction with students who are going through college for the first time, like their first year in college. Um, And I miss all of my friends too. Everyone kind of just dispersed out of Fort Worth. And I hope that everyone comes back at some point. And I know I'll see everyone again. It'll just be different. And it's weird to think that I'm in like the young adult phase of like I do have friends who are starting jobs like you and then I have friends who are going to grad school and so it is like a weird 
time period where I'm like, oh my gosh, there are people who are working full-time jobs right now, like literally being a full adult. (laughs) And here I am like still getting a little bit of the college experience. It is, it is different. It is like definitely, it definitely feels like a full-time job, which I know everyone says, but it is true. Like I spent the entire summer constantly doing schoolwork. Um, So that's different and then it's also like there are people getting married right now oh my gosh and that's I know. just a whole different <laughs> that stresses like, me out Sadie <laughs> like I feel like I just I am just starting to feel like an adult like I bought some business clothes for my yeah, internships which is very go. exciting but at the same oh, time yeah. I'm like oh I miss I miss sixth grade me like just having a fun time getting to like play outside yeah no responsibilities yeah it is it's so crazy the adjustment like I feel like I've grown up 10 years in the past three months oh Um, and all I wanted to do when I was little was be an adult and have children and get married well get married and then have children (laughs) there you go (laughs) but like now that I'm there it's like oh my gosh I'm actually there like this is the decade of like the 20s where you're supposed to be kind of starting a family all over again but it's like I feel like I've barely had time to kind of like live my life (laughs) right oh my gosh you are not alone in thinking that because I feel the same way and it is it's so crazy when you see these people who are our age or even younger now who are getting engaged, getting married, having kids, like in a totally different phase of life than we're in, but they're the same age as us. It's like, it, it yeah. makes you spiral for a minute. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. am I behind? Like, is this ever going to happen to me? Or like, am I even doing the right thing right now? It's the comparison can easily creep in for sure. Um, I think, and that can be in any situation you know some people might be looking at people in grad school like you or people with jobs like me and be thinking the same thing if they're not doing that but I think that's just like a common syndrome almost of people in their 20s early 20s especially it's like you know I feel like I need to be completely grown up by now but then when I really think about it it's like I'm only 22 I still have time and when you really look back and think about it it is kind of awesome to see how much we've grown just since like you know starting college and for you like you said even in the past three months you feel like you've grown up 10 years or whatever (laughs) it's like scary but I'm sure that's also really cool to be able to look back and think about how much growth you've experienced in such a short amount of time like that's a sign that you're on the right path, I think, and you're doing something good for yourself, you know? (laughs) That's so true. And I think something that I have to keep reminding myself of is like, it's okay to feel like a kid sometimes and have fun. Like, it's so boring to just be this square adult that's like doing their job, coming home, going to bed. Like, I don't want that. I want to have like, fun laser tag fights with my friends like there's just so many things that I think society kind of pressures us into feeling Mm -hmm. and I think it's totally okay to still like you can be a fun adult like I want to be a fun adult and I never want to be like a boring like rules strict adult like I just want to be still still embracing the inner kid 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. I feel like I do not hear many people say that, especially at our age, right? We're all focused on work, on, you know, studying, on just like being super uptight almost in success and achievements when there's this whole other part of life that I think, like you said, we should all be embracing our inner child and having fun no matter how old we are. I think that's huge. And that really speaks to the kind of person you are too, because something I've always admired about you is just how you are able to have such a great balance between school and having fun and getting involved in so many different things. I think in college, whenever we hung out, it was so refreshing because you never seemed overly stressed about school like some people around me and I'm the kind of person who you know if I'm surrounded by people who are always stressed out about their work and school I get stressed out about school and it's just it doesn't make me feel better when I leave conversations with them but with you I always felt like I was getting a break from all of the hard work and all the stress going on in my life because you were just laid back and you were talking about the things you were doing for fun and I was just like wow this is so refreshing to actually hear from someone who is making that a priority in their life and who is really embracing it it just totally gave off a different vibe and I loved that so I'd love to kind of get into, uh, I guess, get past the whole school and work thing, because I mean, everything you're doing in that arena is super impressive, but I want to hear more about your involvement with other things. And I think my first question is, you know, there's so much you have done for fun, so many things you were involved in at TCU and are still involved in, and I can let you get into that if you want. But how did you really go about trying to figure out what you like doing for fun in the first place? Because I think that can be hard to do sometimes. Yeah, I definitely think going into college, I only really liked running. And that was something that I had done since fifth grade. And that was kind of like, running was like my life basically I was training for a marathon and I did that and it was like okay I've done that but like I don't really feel like any satisfaction from doing that like it's a cool accomplishment but I don't I don't want to be known as like the marathon girl who only <laughs> runs like I, I there's a lot more to me than just running yeah so definitely after that marathon which was first semester freshman year I kind of realized like, oh, okay, I'm not really enjoying running for the aspect of running. I'm mostly just doing it because this is what I've always done. Mm -hmm. So I kind of worked on not being so uptight about needing to run every single day. And, you know, sometimes that's not a great habit for me because I will go like a week without running and feel terrible because I haven't been doing any exercise but it definitely showed me like oh my gosh there's so much more to life than running and Mm -hmm. I definitely found a great group of people um in college who lived in our dorm and just having them like and starting this whole board game night thing was just a really um great way for me to kind of realize like hey it's not all about running like there's way more to life than running and for me like I think the biggest like blessing I guess of life is like having friends and being able to do fun things with them because it's so 
it's so boring like I I'm such an introvert I love being alone but it's like it's not as fun to go do everything that I want to do alone like it's so much Mm -hmm. more fun to have people around me doing it with me so I got super invested in the board game nights and we started doing other things like escape rooms just hanging out eating meals together we had like a dinner at six group message (laughs) um and honestly like I really found like my happiness comes from like pouring into others and being poured into by them and so I stopped running as much um started doing the board games Mm -hmm. I started like sacrificing some of my running time to like go hang out with people which I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest always sacrificing like your personal time to hang out with others but it was definitely healthy for me to be doing that because I was the type of person who like if if I hadn't run yet like I would do anything to like get my run in and not hang out with people yeah um so I definitely think that helped me grow into not needing to run every day um And then I guess I'm, I'm trying to think of what else. I know that there yeah, are just okay. a lot of opportunities at TCU, like things to get involved in. Um, like we were in Frogs for Wellness together, kind of yes. just applied to that because it looked cool. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and then like dining committee too. Oh, like yeah. somebody asked me if I wanted to be part of that. Then I asked you. Right. <laughs> just, I almost forgot came, about those days. Like a pyramid scheme. <laughs> oh my gosh. Seriously. Um, <laughs> um, but like so just random things. I feel like a lot of the things I got involved in were because of other people. Like I was mm-hmm. dating someone who was very passionate about spike ball. And so I got into spike ball and I went to competitions and just oh did gosh. that. And that was really fun. I like that was just something, about that. Yeah, that was something I never would have done had I not met that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and then senior semester, like I was asked to help start a running club by a friend of mine. So I was like, okay, cool. Like, sure. I don't really care about running that much, but I would love to like have a group to make it fun and go out on the Trinity and we do that. And then like today I'm in Fort Worth and I'm meeting with the same people I ran with in running club and we're gonna go on a little run so just I don't know just kind of building community everywhere really like finding things that people like doing and doing them doing the things with them yeah was really how I got involved yeah oh my gosh that's so cool and you know I don't know if you caught this but I heard you at the beginning of that you said you know running used to kind of be almost your whole identity like that who you were you were just a runner and then by senior year you said when you got asked to start the running club like oh well I don't really care that much about running but I'll do it for fun I mean that's crazy how that completely changed through your college experience and I think that everything you got involved in and just all the success you've had and it really goes to show like how much value there can be in anyone you know just stopping and reassessing before any new experience or just in general I think we could all stop sometimes and think 
okay, like, is there anything in my life right now that is maybe defining who I am a little bit too much? Am I holding on to something too tightly? Is it preventing me from making friends or from getting involved in other things? Am I doing this for the right reasons? <laughs> you know, and I think whether it's with running or anything else, I I think it's so important to do that because if you hadn't stopped and asked yourself those questions after, you know, running the marathon and realizing like, you know, I don't really know why I'm so hard on myself for this anymore. If you hadn't stopped to do that, you wouldn't have probably had a lot of these experiences and had all this involvement because you probably would have kept being super stringent about your running and made that your whole life, which isn't a bad thing if that's what you want to do. But it sounded like you knew that you wanted more in your life. And so you went out and got it like good for you. I think that's such an inspiring story. And just, it really goes to show the importance of just taking a minute to stop and rethink like why the things in your life are there in the first place and being really intentional, you know, with how you fill your time, you definitely do that. So gold star to you. Thank you. Thank you for making that connection. Honestly, I hadn't ever really thought about it like that. Like I knew that I didn't care as much about running, but I never really tied it together into like a transformational moment in my college life. Uh, of course well I mean that's what I got from it it. yeah that's what I heard when you were explaining it and I mean yeah I don't know if you even caught that but I just was thinking that whole time like wow this is so cool just how you've grown in that area of your life you know um so I I think that's great but I've I'm going to stop talking about it because I could just talk about it all day. Um, (laughs) Clearly, I'm like your biggest fan, Sadie. So (laughs) anyways, um, I want to ask you more about friendships because in that story, you talked a lot about the friends you've made in different areas, especially throughout college. That's something else I was like, wow, this girl's good at making friends. Like, how does she do it? Because for me, making genuine friendships has always been one of my biggest struggles. I'm definitely an introvert. It's hard for me to put myself out there sometimes, and I've gotten better at it over time. But you definitely were inspiring to me in college to just make more of an effort and to get involved in different things. But what advice would you give other people who are maybe looking to make more meaningful, genuine friendships in their teens, 20s, just this phase of life? For me, I always look for people who look like they're also introverted. And I don't know if this is judgmental or if it's maybe like just an inner characteristic that I have where I'm an introvert I notice when other people are also introverted but I tend to look for people who are sitting alone or standing alone or doing something alone because one they probably don't want to be alone and they just don't have anyone to be with or and two I don't really like talking to big groups of people at a time I feel like I struggle with group conversations so I like to approach people individually and get to know them and then later kind of form into a group based on um, conversations I've had with people and if they're similar to other people I, I like to connect people yeah. in groups yeah um so I I tend to approach people who look really shy and quiet and um 
because I know that if I were sitting alone, I would love if someone came up and introduced themselves and sat down with me and had a conversation. In fact, like I've gone to dinner by myself a few times this week and I it's weird to look across the table and see an empty chair when everyone else is having their conversations and I wish I was bold enough to go and sit by someone else who had an empty chair but I was like oh it's a restaurant weird vibe like I don't know I don't (laughs) know these people I don't know how old they are but on a college campus it's so easy to know that everyone there is a college student and I just I have a lot of trust for people who are the same age. I'm like, oh, okay. like nothing can happen here. This is fine. (laughs) So I like to, I like to do that. Um, I think the biggest advice I have is honestly, I used to like write out questions that I would want to ask people if I met them. And that helped me get out of my comfort zone because then I'm such a list, like type A person. I want to know like what I'm going to say. I don't want to like, get up there and just be awkward but which sometimes happens I am pretty awkward (laughs) we're all awkward Um, so I used to write out a list of like different questions to ask people when I first met them just things I wanted to know about them and a lot of it is just like where are you from like what do you like to do like what's Mm -hmm. what's most meaningful to you and like how do you spend your time just Mm -hmm. honestly it's easy in undergrad like what are you studying (laughs) how'd you get to TCU why'd you choose TCU um but that would help me so that when I went into a conversation I would kind of have an idea of what to ask if there was awkward silence or if the person just didn't want to ask me any questions I could just keep throwing questions at them (laughs) um and then just listening which I I know you're a really great listener um, and I think this is already something you do but like actively listening and not just listening to say what you want to say next but like listening to see what the person is saying and really analyze what they're saying and come back with something that's meaningful to them which is literally what you've been doing this entire podcast oh my so gosh. if anyone needs an example they should just listen oh, to this podcast Sadie stop this isn't about me this is about you <laughs> but yeah just I I like picking people who are like more introverted looking which I guess is a little judgy it's just based on looks but it hasn't failed me yet I've I've made a lot of really cool friends yeah um and then that's an issue yeah yeah and then just what if they say something that they really like and I have a friend who also really likes that I'm like oh hey like you should come talk to my friend and honestly that's how my friend group formed in college was I was just connecting random people together and I still I don't know there's just something about like oh I don't know anything about Pokemon but my friend over here trades Pokemon cards and does Pokemon Go like you should talk with them and then they become really good friends and I'm also over here like oh teach me about Pokemon like I don't know anything like it's just it's just really fun to learn from people and see them meet people who might be better equipped to talk with them than myself yeah wow I there's so much I could 
say in response to that I was about to interrupt you like 10 times because there's so much good stuff in that but I really I really think first of all I just want to say if you're worried about being judgy or whatever by kind of almost targeting the people who look introverted to go talk to you should not feel that way because as a fellow introvert I would appreciate that so much if you know, I was sitting alone in the dining hall at school, like that never felt comfortable to me. I always thought everyone was judging me. I thought that I must look like a loser who had no friends and like, oh my gosh, I couldn't even enjoy a meal because I was sitting there stressed out the whole time about being alone. So if someone had come up to me and started a conversation, I would have just I mean, they would have been my best friend for life. So I just want you to know, like, at least when you're talking to me about that, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. And I think it also just shows that you're an empathetic person, too, because you, I mean, being an introvert, like you said, you would want someone to do that for you. And I think in reality, whether you're an introvert or not, I think we all just want to feel, you know, accepted and liked and like people care about us and so even you know no matter who it is I think it's always a good idea to go and talk to people and just learn about people like you said that's why I love doing these podcasts with guests because I can learn so much about things that I have I I don't know anything about like occupational therapy for example no clue and running like I like to run sometimes, but I'm not a huge runner. And so there's all this stuff I don't know anything about, but just talking to people who are different than you or who you don't know anything about or whatever, it can really open your mind too. So I think that's a great piece of advice that anyone can take is just like, don't be afraid to go and say hello to someone because at the end of the day, what is the worst thing that can happen? They don't respond to you they don't ask you questions I mean you don't have to talk to them again after that if it doesn't work out but in your case it sounds like it has worked out a lot and you've created a great friend group out of that so I just want to give you props for that and say that it is not a bad thing (laughs) to approach people who look like they might be more introverted or just don't have anyone around them so I think that's awesome and I know you specifically mentioned like finding genuine people And I think that it's so easy to find genuine people who aren't part of a group, because I feel like sometimes if someone's part of a group, they kind of have that group think mindset. And I'm not going to say like, oh, if someone's in a group already, they're not genuine. Like, I don't think that at all. But just, I know we both kind of had an experience with like, um, sororities and a sorority Mm -hmm. is a great thing like you make so many friends in your sorority and you have your sisters for life but it's so easy to kind of fall into the thought of like oh I'm in a sorority I have to act this certain way Mm -hmm. when really it's like I think that something great about sororities is it's a bunch of different people coming together to be part of one group but yeah yeah like just seeing people alone it's almost easier to figure out how they are genuinely because they're not being influenced by anyone around them it's like I don't know I think just individual conversations have been more meaningful to me than approaching groups and trying to get to know each person in the group when there's no way to to get to know them individually yeah that's a great point and I 
totally agree. I think we can get so caught up in what the people around us are like and what we should be like. And, you know, if there's a certain identity that we kind of need to stick to, it's really hard to be our genuine selves in a group setting when we feel like, you know, if we say something wrong or if we share something about ourselves then we might you know lose that group or they might judge us and all these different things it's like uh, that was something that exhausted me about sororities and just a lot of these groups in general at, at our age it's very hard to find you know ways to connect genuinely with people in that and I think another thing that makes it so hard is social media which I kind of want to get into next if you don't mind just a little quickly because I know that you are not super huge on social media if I remember correctly you deleted your Instagram a while back and I think that's really impressive especially for someone our age I feel like everyone's always talking about social media everyone's on social media and that of course is it's good and bad like I see both sides and I think it does have some negative effects when it comes to being genuine and making genuine friendships because people can be a little fake on there as we all know Um, but I would love to kind of know why you have the mindset you do towards social media why you decided to kind of delete your Instagram and just kind of have a more, I guess, relaxed approach to social media in general? Yeah. So I believe I deleted my Instagram second semester freshman year of college. Wow. Um, I think part of the reason was I had like 600 followers and I don't have 600 friends. Like I would not call all of those 600 people my friend. And so I really redefined my definition of friendship, um, where a friend is someone who I, I'm such a quality time person. So I hang out with them, whether that's online or in person, and we share stuff about each other that we don't share with everybody else. And I think that's the thing about social media is the things that you share, you're sharing with everyone everyone Mm -hmm. who follows you and for me like my little brother's friends from high school were following me like (laughs) my random summer camp friends were following me and then I had all my new college friends following me and it's like how many of these people actually care about what Mm -hmm. I'm doing and Mm -hmm. I think if I really thought about it it'd be like less than 20 yeah and that's so true and then I'm like okay out of these less than 20 people how many of them do I talk to on a regular basis well all of them okay so all of them are gonna know what I'm up to because I'm talking to them on a regular basis so I don't really need an Instagram because I'll just share what's going on through text or over the phone or in person and Mm -hmm. I am a huge lover of sending photos through text I just think it's so funny like sending random yes, photos or videos I love that you do that through text and, and I love that it's not like snapchat I deleted snapchat sophomore year um where it deletes it like in text it doesn't delete so you can have mm-hmm. that memory forever and I think I guess for some people that that would not be what they would want but for me I'm like I don't really care if someone has this ugly selfie of me like this made me laugh and this made them laugh so if they ever need it to cheer themselves up like they'll have it 
And it's just kind of fun to go through like the attachments of messages and be like, why even did I send this picture of my foot? Like, what? what was I know. Happening? Sometimes it's just, like, like I don't memories. even know. Yeah. 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 And I think that's fun. Like, I just have so many random, like, meme photos of people because they felt comfortable sending them through text. And that to me is a genuine friend. Like, they oh, feel yeah. comfortable sending an ugly selfie through text. Like, we're friends they trust me yeah but would they Um, post that on Instagram probably not probably not and then I also was thinking about this whole idea of a finsta which Mm -hmm. I think I think finsta is great that's what insta should be I think that's how everyone's Instagram starts out is like you have your 10 20 solid friends following you and you're posting whatever but then I'm like why why do I need a whole like app with a finsta in order to like send my friends a photo I could send in a group text yeah. and then it's not all over all over the internet like I know I know companies will look at your Facebook or your Instagram now before they hire you mm-hmm. just to kind of see what you're like and I know RAs have been fired because of stuff that they've put on their Instagram and so yeah. I don't want to take that risk I mean Mm-mm. props to anyone who does want to take that risk like I I hope you're posting the most wholesome photos and I'm sure yeah. your Instagram is great but I just it was taking up a lot of my time and mm-hmm. it was not fruitful for me to be posting those things on my media um, yeah. but I will yeah. say I do have Facebook and I do post every like semester kind of just a flood of photos from the semester of what I'm doing and I always look forward to those posts yeah (laughs) (laughs) and I I love I love that you can kind of caption each photo like that to me is really cool and I'm excited to look back on my Facebook and have like a photo journal of everything that I was doing each semester and that's something that I guess it's similar in Instagram where literally anyone could see it but I feel a lot more comfortable on Facebook because I I do have it private I only have a few people following me um I actually go through sometimes and like have people like block people because I don't really know them anymore like I don't I don't want to end up with 600 random followers again so I am very private about my Facebook um but other than that i I would say I use group me and text message hey, more than any other app. That ad. is okay. You know, and it's just yeah. so refreshing to hear you say you don't want 600 friends or followers. That's that's like so opposite of what so many people say because everyone is so, well, not everyone, but a lot of people seem to be very caught up in numbers and how many followers do I have? How many likes did I get on this post? How many comments did I get? And people almost kind of, create their identity out of the quantity of people following them online when you've taken this other approach which I think is a much smarter approach thinking about the quality of the people who are following you and who are friends with you and like are you actually friends with them like I feel like these are the questions everyone should be asking and they seem so obvious yet so many people struggle with you know oh my gosh I don't have enough followers or you know this person has more followers than I do or more friends like that makes me you know worse than them in some way and so there's just 
so many negative things that can come out of that kind of comparison that we do online. So I love just hearing you talk about the different perspective you've taken on that, because it does definitely seem like it's improved your life a lot to kind of distance yourself from social media and only focus on those relationships that truly matter to you. And yeah, like you said, you can do that through text and through GroupMe. You don't have to have this public platform to post everything that you would be you know, sending your friends anyway. So that's a really great way to look at it. And that definitely inspires me to want to, uh, you know, kind of get off social media a little bit myself because it's tough. <laughs> it is tough. And there are definitely benefits to social media. Like I, I don't want to sit here and say that I'm the perfect example of how to live off of social media because I, I, I will admit, like I could spend hours watching TikToks. Like I'm addicted oh, to yeah. watching TikToks. And I really, I try to put my little uh, screen time timer on my TikTok. And, you know, sometimes I hit that like three times, like one minute more, 15 minutes more, like 30 minutes more. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely don't want to like, come across as if I have it perfectly down to only five minutes on media a day, because there is like no set amount that you should or should not be on social media mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing is just making sure that there is some type of balance so if I'm on TikTok a lot one day I will delete the app and not be on it the next day just to mm -hmm. give myself time to do other things because yeah. I feel like there's such a feeling of like being uncomfortable not having anything to do and just wanting to scroll on yeah. media or watch tv I started binging the office it's really great but oh, like <laughs> love the office oh my gosh uh, <laughs> that is a great um, use of your time <laughs> <laughs> but then it's like I I think about all these things that I never make time for like writing in my journal or just sitting outside mm -hmm. like today is beautiful and mm -hmm. I love being outside or calling a friend calling my mom like there are just so many things that I could be doing with like the free time that I just don't think about and it's much easier to choose a mindless task like watching yeah. tv or watching tiktoks um so I think something that I'm also still trying to work on is being mindful about mm -hmm. the time that I'm spending and really making the most of the time that I'm given that's not spent doing school like yeah. there are so many things that I love doing that I just kind of forget about when I'm on yeah. TikTok oh completely and there's so many things that you might love doing that you haven't tried yet and you can spend that time trying new things it's like the possibilities are endless but isn't it crazy how we get so almost attached to scrolling to TikTok it's like habitual to just get on there because I don't know if it's like a comfort thing. That's what we know. That's what has kind of filled our time in the past. So, you know, when we get that first moment of boredom, we're like, well, guess I'm going on my phone and watching TikToks. Like, it's yeah. just habit. It's just comfort. But I think that's a great point. You, If you just kind of sit back and you know, try to catch yourself in that almost, which I know is easier said than done. But think about all the other ways you could be spending your time, all the different hobbies that you have or that you want to get back into or that you want to try all the people in your life that you could talk to I mean 
there are so many possibilities. So, I mean, that's not to say, like you said, it's never going to be perfect. And I, I'm glad that you mentioned that, like, you're not perfect about it. I'm not perfect. Clearly, none of us are. But just taking those little steps, I think, can help. So that's awesome that you're being more mindful of that, too, because I think you're way ahead of a lot of us who don't even think about it when we're just scrolling all day long. So <laughs> good job. Thank uh, you. And I guess if anyone is like me, um, something I started doing is just making a list of things that I like doing to look at when I'm scrolling or just having mindless time. I'm like, oh, my list says like, I like reading the Bible. Maybe I should go do that and like grow that relationship that I have with God. Or like, oh, I haven't called my mom in like three weeks. Maybe I should call her, see how things are going. Like there are just so many things that are so easy to forget about because we're so distracted. Yeah. I love that idea. Make a list. I'm, I'm a big list person. I'm a big visual person. Like I have to see it or I'm going to probably forget it. So I think that's a great, a great tip. And yeah, it, it is crazy. We, I think we just live in a world of distractions. So to be able to kind of get off of that and just focus on what really matters is, is really big. And that actually brings me to one of my final questions. I know I've kept you for so long. I want to make sure we wrap this up, but I would love to know, I'm trying to ask all of my guests a couple of questions to kind of end off the podcast, just because I'm curious and because I think my audience could benefit. Uh, The first question I just have for you, we've talked about a lot of things that make you who you are, things that you've kind of grown in over the years and things that have kind of been with you for a long time. If you could choose just one thing that has most greatly shaped who you are as a person, what would it be and why? And I'm just so curious, like, you know, selfishly to hear this answer, but I'd love to hear just, you know, whatever you have on your mind. Is there something that has stuck with you that has made you who you are? I know that's really deep. So if you can't think of one, it's totally fine. I'm going to kind of do like a two in one because it is one thing, but it caused me to do another thing. If that's okay. okay. Like, of course, like two in one shampoo. Yes, please. I mean, I feel like that's a bonus for me. Like I would be lucky to just get one. So go for it. Yeah. So you, you know a lot about this because you are someone who is really helpful to me when I was going through um, just a really unhealthy relationship. And this was like, sophomore through the end of junior year of college um well actually no it started freshman year oh my gosh can't count but I I was in this really great relationship and then just things started going pretty badly and I spent all my time taking care of him instead of taking care of myself and it just really like sent me into a bad mental health spiral and he was also in a bad mental health state and so it was just not a good combination like two people who are in a bad state of mind does not equal positive like negative negative in this instance still negative yeah. a bigger negative um, <laughs> yep. and so that was something that was really hard for me because I hadn't been super open about what was going on with anyone And so I started talking to people about it. I started really like thinking about, is this something that I want to keep pursuing? Is this something where he's going to change? Or is this something where this is kind of how he is? And I just never 
realized it because I was so like in tunnel vision and I I'm a Christian and I love going to church and I love reading my Bible and like I I think there's like I I have fit every stereotype that you have about like typical Christian girl like that is me (laughs) Um, so I this is something that I like was praying about there were a lot of nights of like tears of trying to talk through things with different friends talking through things with the person I was dating and there was just a moment where I heard God say to me like no Sadie and it was a little scary it was like oh my gosh who is that like is that me talking or is that God talking I know there's like a lot of discrepancy there of like how do you hear God talking but like I I truly believe that it was God speaking to me and telling me like, this is not the relationship that you should be in. Like, this is not healthy for you. This is not the plan that I have for you. And like, you don't have to be scared to break up with this person because I have so much more for you. Mm. And so I would say like that moment was really life changing because I got out of an unhealthy relationship. I thought that I was going to be like super sad for the rest of my life like this is a really amazing person and I would still say like he's a really neat genuine person it was just like we weren't a good fit together at the time I I don't think we'll ever be a good fit together I just want to like put that out there like there's no there's no more like oh maybe we could get back together like it's not it's not like that and I think that was really hard to come to terms with because this is someone I care about a lot Um, but that for me was really just a turning point in honestly my personality. Like I became a lot more open with my friends. Um, I would definitely say I turned from like an internal processor to a verbal processor, which is really crazy. I never thought that that could happen, but I really do believe like God works miracles. And that was kind of my own little miracle of like learning how to, talk to my friends about stuff going on um being involved in a lot of different things and not just focusing my time on one person but really trying to reach out to all of my friends because I had definitely become very focused on this one person which makes sense like they're going through a really tough time I wanted to be there for them but there's also a point where it's like no like I'm gonna be here for you but in order to be my best self I need to be with other people so that they can pour into me and I can use that to pour into you and so I think that that was just honestly like a really it was a low point in my life but now I look back on it as like a really high point in my life because I just became so much more fun I enjoyed going out with people I was just kind of I call it like I was free again in the air quotes free like I I don't think that any relationship should make you feel like you can't be your full self. And I would say, honestly, now, two years later, I'm finally back to feeling like my full self. And I'm growing in that and being able to just go dance in the middle of the parking lot because I want to and not feel like I love that. someone is judging me and like just yes. being able to say what I feel and not just bottling up all my emotions inside but truly being able to speak 
with people about my emotions. I'm definitely someone who doesn't like sharing emotions as like, that's not my natural tendency, but yeah. it's something that I've really learned to harness and like really appreciate. I think that I've made so many more deep connections just by sharing my heart with people and not thinking that I just have to be the listener all the time, but really getting to be listened to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's just such a beautiful story. I don't even know what other word to use except for that. I, I'm i almost speechless because I, I think that's amazing hearing you explain it. Of course, I knew you as you were going through that and it was really amazing just to see kind of how you changed after that relationship because I know you were going through it like I was there and I just wanted to help you so badly like I I wish that I could have just done something for you in that moment because I could tell how hard that was for you but to see how you grew from that and just the kind of person you've become I I think it's incredible, honestly. And I just want to give you major props for making what I know was such a hard decision because you did care about him and, you know, you still do. Like, that doesn't just end. Um, but for you to be able to look at that bigger picture and to kind of listen in on, you know, what people around you were saying and just, like, what you truly believed, I think is incredible and something that is really hard to do at our age so I just want to give you props and I I don't even know I, I I'm just saying the same thing over and over because I'm like I don't even know what to say to that that was just incredible <laughs> like there is nothing else to say so <laughs> thank you thank you for sharing that well and thank you for being such a good friend through that whole time like you're honestly one of my rocks during that time and still now like you're someone I can always lean on so I I appreciate it the world needs more Meredith (laughs) oh well the world definitely needs more Sadie's too and I I appreciate it thank you I mean I'm glad we can be there for each other and you know obviously I'm glad we have technology to uh, you know stay in touch like that's the great thing about group texts and weird memes and (laughs) zoom calls and FaceTime um but anyway that leads me to my last question. Um, because as I said, you know, the world needs more Sadie's. So (laughs) if people want to be like you, you know, people are like, I really like this girl. Like I want to be more like her. I would just love to hear one final life lesson or piece of advice that you would give my audience. Um, something maybe you wish that your younger self knew. I know you've given so many great tips in this episode, even if you don't realize it, but if there's just one overarching theme that you want to share with everyone, then go for it. I guess the overarching theme would be don't be afraid to talk to people and that's in approaching people and trying to start a friendship but also in like expressing yourself with the people closest to you and truly listening to their advice and not just thinking that your way is the best way but honestly understanding who is really there for you and knowing that those friends have your best interest in mind and so even though a bunch of people were telling me like "Mm, I don't know about this guy I wasn't really 
listening and I think that it does take people a while to like come up with a decision themselves it's not often you tell someone to do something and they just do it right away like Mm -hmm. obviously there's a lot of other things involved Mm -hmm. but I think just taking the advice if you're a visual person like writing it down or drawing it out um I can't tell you how many (laughs) scratch pieces of paper I have of things that people have said to me that have come to like full truth just in the past few months or like just at different points in my life like I I had written down something like five years ago about the person I was dating um that someone told me and after I broke up with him I found the notebook and I looked at it and it was literally exactly everything I had been feeling before the breakup and I was like oh my gosh like I know that it's going to be okay because Mm -hmm. these people have gone through similar experiences and they've learned from them and I'm going to learn from this too so I guess just talking to people taking their advice not actually acting on it if you don't want to but truly considering their advice yeah um being vulnerable that's a huge thing I think everyone is always like oh yeah be vulnerable but it's like actually be vulnerable don't just think that oh yeah I'm vulnerable I I tell my friend some things it's like no like have someone who really knows you and can hold you accountable to being yourself I think Mm -hmm. that's a huge thing for me is like I have close friends who know what I'm like and they know how I am when I'm like in a good place in life and so they are able to tell me like hey like you really don't seem okay like what's the actual problem and what can I do to help you like how are we going to work through this um yeah yeah sorry that was a lot of a lot of takeaways but mostly just talking to people building relationships yes I I think that's all great. And I'll just add one more point to that last one about being vulnerable. I think a lot of people often worry about being vulnerable because they're worried they might be judged or their friends might not want to be their friends anymore if they, you know, share something that they're going through or whatever it may be. But I just this is something I'm trying to remind myself. So I'm saying it to myself as much as I am to everyone else. But I truly think that if you're vulnerable with someone and they don't like it and they judge you or they don't give you the reaction that, you know, a friend should give you, then as hard as it is to hear, I mean, I don't think you need that person in your life. I think if the people you are vulnerable with should be people who, you know, respect you for that, who help you through things, who applaud you for being vulnerable. You should never feel like you can't be yourself around people. You should never feel like you can't be vulnerable. And if you are feeling that way, then it might be be a sign that you need to surround yourself with different people. And I, like you were saying, Sadie, the only way to do that is to just keep reaching out, keep trying, keep talking to people. And it's hard, but it's something I'm trying to do more of every day. And I think ultimately that's just something I try to remember is that, you know, it's, it should never feel like you're being a burden to be yourself or be vulnerable. It should never feel like you're going to be judged or you're not going to have friends if you uh, really 
say what's on your mind. So um, I think you've definitely found a great group of people who you can be yourself around. And I think that's just so inspiring to everyone else listening to hopefully go out there and be able to do the same thing. So thank you for all of your great insights, your stories. I mean, I just think you're an awesome person. And I'm so glad that everyone finally got to hear from you and learn from you. And it was just so great having you on. So thank you. Thank you. And if I could just say one last thing. Of um, course. I know we always build off of each other and then it never ends. <laughs> I know, I know. You just I made love me it. think of one last thing okay. about being vulnerable with people is don't expect it to happen right away. Like yeah, being vulnerable that's true. takes time. That's true. And it might take time for you to feel comfortable with the people you're with and to be vulnerable with them. So I guess like the last big thing is like be patient and this was very hard for me because I'm someone who loves sharing deep thoughts not really feelings but just deep thoughts and sometimes it hasn't really been reciprocated because I don't know the person that well and it's like obviously they're not gonna reciprocate because yeah they don't even know me like I I know um, I do that same thing a long time there were a lot of moments where I felt like I was alone and I didn't have people who I could be vulnerable with so just know like that you are okay and like be patient there's so much to learn in the waiting game um I think I've learned the most in the seasons where I haven't had a lot going on or I've been very sad because then when I'm not sad anymore I can go and make a difference in other people's lives because people might be sad too and then it's like oh I know how that feels I can come help you now or like we we can both be sad together and help each other through it so just be patient know that like you don't have to just go call up all your friends and be vulnerable right now (laughs) yes that is a great point (laughs) I know I I realized as you were saying that I probably just made it sound so easy and like oh yeah you can be vulnerable to anyone but no I I totally agree yeah just you know be patient and if someone you know doesn't respond well right away when you just met them that's one thing I mean if it's someone who you think is a really good friend who you've known for a while that's a different story but (laughs) in general I agree you should definitely uh, be patient trust the process and um, it's all gonna work out in the end I mean that's what I tell myself it makes me feel better so whatever makes you feel good (laughs) stick to that and your beliefs and all that and you'll be good but Totally agree. And I'm like holding myself back from not jumping on your point to talk about something else because I know that we need to wrap this up. I don't even know how long we've been talking, but I just can't thank you enough, Sadie. And I know that people are going to get so much out of this episode. So thanks again for being on. And um, I honestly, there might be people after this who want to reach out to you or something like that. So I can put some of your information um, in the description of the show if anyone's interested, if you're okay with that, of course. <laughs> um, yeah, you and... can put my my email. <laughs> yeah, let's do email. Catch me by email. <laughs> okay, perfect. I'll do that because I know social media not a that's yeah. not a go and that is totally fine I love it so <laughs> we'll do that we'll do email if anyone wants to reach out to Sadie and other than that I I think that's all I have for you so you're off the hook now <laughs> thank you <so laughs> thank you much. this was so much fun yeah of course 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast. And if you're really feeling kind, give me a follow on Instagram and TikTok at underscore genuine girl underscore. See you next week.